The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. Flowers and candles are being placed outside Sinead O'Connor's former home in Bray in County Wicklow and there Henry McKean met locals and neighbours who were reacting to the news of her death. We're here on Bray Seafront where Sinead O'Connor used to live and there is a small shrine of flowers, candles outside. We saw Sinead sitting out the front during Covid a lot, speaking to people and seeming very relaxed. Yeah, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. Um, everyone keeps saying the same thing. Everyone I've heard from anyway, just poor Sinead, you know, and hopefully she's at peace now. So, yeah, it's very sad. Very sad. I'm really sad. I think we're similar age and I feel like we grew up, but she was a much, you know, she was the kind of person we all should have been in a way, true to ourselves. And I think she's a great loss. And I feel sad. Uh, well, looking back to my younger days, maybe in the 90s and stuff, I remember being blown away when I saw Mandinka for the first time on TV. I was like, who is this person? Um, energy, different look, not conforming to the stereotypical pop star woman of the time, you know? Great attitude. She broke rules. She spoke her mind. Nonconformist. And absolutely, I mean, the thing that stays with most people is obviously nothing compares to you, which was, I think, her biggest hit. But I always remember the video, how often can you look at a video when you just see somebody's face through the whole video from start to finish? And you literally can't take your eyes off her. She's beautiful. She was a great singer. Charisma, presence, all the things you needed. And, you know, rest in peace. I just think um, it's incredibly sad. She was a pioneer. She really kind of held people accountable and really changed the, the landscape. And she was, really was amazing. It's just incredibly sad. She was very special and I'm very sorry that this has happened. And you would see her walking around here in Bray? Yeah. And you'd say hi? Not so much. Give her a bit of peace. I used to see her occasionally walking, when she lived here, walking up and down, and people would say, that's Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> uh, I'm very sad yesterday. I felt she was, she was a very troubled woman, and you could feel that trouble, the damage in her voice, you know? I think if you've ever had any trauma in your life, you'd respond to that, and you could, you could definitely feel it from her. It's just very sad that she was taken. She couldn't stay with us any longer. In the, in the 90s, like when I was probably about six when that came out, so nothing compares to you, and you remember the video kind of just on her face, and a little tear coming down her face at the end of the song. It's kind of, when you're six or seven, you still can realise that. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'm aware of, of her history and um, her background and the tough life that she had. Um, I've just walked past her house and, and I saw the flowers and the candles, and it's very sad, very sad. I hope she's at peace. Henry McKean on the seafront talking to residents of Bray in County Wicklow. Well, another Bray resident is someone who's worked with Sinead over the years, Phil Coulter, uh, composer, songwriter, record producer. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Sad day. Sad, sad day. Um, A premature leaving of us, there's no doubt about that. But she has left such an impression on the world. I mean, every television station in North America, every television station in Britain, every newspaper, every website is bemoaning the loss of Sinead. Without any doubt, yeah, she definitely, she definitely left an imprint. There's no doubt about that. She was a one-off. She was a complex lady, Pat. She was a complex lady. But I've said for many years that uh, you know, with all the distractions of her many causes, and you know, she was, she certainly gave plenty of fodder to, uh, you know, to uh, to the press, to uh, to to tropes. You know, she she gave them plenty of reason to to have a have a to throw her under a bus. But this is the thing. 
I, I used to get exasperated and say that, you know, people forget why Sinead O'Connor became famous in the first place, which was her voice, a glorious, God-given voice. Now, I, I've been fortunate in my career in the studio to work with some major, major talents, wonderful voices, but like Sinead was really was exceptional. Uh, one of the greatest voices this country has ever produced, without any shadow of a doubt. And she did record some of your songs. She did. I first encountered her when I was producing an album with uh, with Van Morrison, an album called No Prima Donna, where we had a selection of guest performers um, who would uh, who would come on and sing one of Van's songs. And Sinead was one of the uh, one of the nominated guests. That's the first time I worked with a producer in the studio. And um, here's a story that tells you a lot about Sinead. Um, uh, on the on the evening that she came in to do her bit in the control room, there was there was Van, there was Michelle Rocker, there was Marianne Faithful, there was Derek Bell of the Chieftains. That kind of a group of, of kind of, you know, showbiz celebs. I looked down and I see Sinead come into the studio and she looked up at the at the control room to this body of people. And I thought at that moment, I, thought, I didn't see Sinead O'Connor, like, you know, the mouthy, uh, uh, you know, tearing up pictures of the Pope or, or, or preaching. I saw a very fragile girl looking up there and being kind of intimidated by the, all these heavyweights. So I did two things. First of all, I chased everybody out of the control room. Then I went down to Sinead, gave her a hug and said, listen, um, they're all gone. You and I just let's relax and get on with the work. The following day, Pat, the following day she called me and asked me when I produce her next album. What does that tell you? It tells you that that's what she need, needed and lacked, was it somebody to put their arms around her and tell her it's going to be all right. Now, the, the songs that she recorded uh, of yours. Yeah. Well, um, on, uh, on that album called Universal Mother, which we, which we started to, uh, to work on sort of pretty immediately, um, she recorded Scorn Not His Simplicity, one of the songs that would have been most important in, 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 to me in my life. And I, I, I mean, I'm doubly blessed because there's a song, which is a very personal song to me, of course, but recorded by two of the greatest voices the country ever produced, Luke Kelly and Sinead. Sinead's version, very different from Luke's, of course, that great fragility. And that's the thing about Sinead, even in the best of times, even in the best of times, there was a fragility about, about, about Sinead. And her ability to breathe life into a song, into a lyric, was, was like just exceptional. Years later, when I was doing an album called uh, Lake of Shadows, I wrote a song about my young sister who was drowned in Oxford up in, in Donegal. And I had, it was Sinead's voice that I had in my, in my head as I was writing the song. I, I recorded on a piano, sent it to Sinead, and I heard nothing back for three or four weeks. Called Sinead and said, you don't like the song. She said, Phil, I love the song, but I couldn't sing this. I'd be crying by the time I got to the end of the first verse. That's the kind of vulnerability and the sensitivity that Sinead has as well. In the event, uh, she did record the song. I, I can't listen to it now without tearing open. That's the truth. Now, uh, Sinead, you, you talked about uh, the Sinead that you expected walking into that control room and the Sinead that you found. And mm-hmm. you know, people who have encountered her uh, in all sorts of situations, you know, I've met her in green rooms over the years and in other places. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, it wasn't as if you're either uh, with me or against me. It wasn't that if she trusted you and knew you, then that was fine. And it wouldn't matter where she was in her life and what her belief system was at that particular point. Um, And she might believe that you held utterly contrary views. It wouldn't matter. A friend was a friend was a friend. And if she trusted you, that's 100% right, Pat. If she trusted you, that was it. And, and she, was, she was careful about the company she kept, of course. She, and she had an aversion to... to uh, she announced once, in a typical Sinead fashion, she was never going to record again. She'd had enough of record companies, etc., etc. So 
um, when we when we got together and decided to record Universal Mother, um, the record label, the head of the record label called and said he was delighted to hear that your neighbours could back into the record into the recording studio, and he said if there's anything I can do uh, to help, just let me know. Sinead says, yeah, stay the frig away from the studio. <laughs> that was her. <laughs> she did not play the political game uh, when it came to the, the music business, and uh, you know that not might. When you look back on it, it may have cost her, but uh, you know her integrity was uh, the most important thing to her. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier on the program that her repertoire, uh, you know, the the songs that she would sing in her own quiet times, whether publicly, like singing Scarlet Ribbons, which was absolutely spine-chilling. Um, songs like that, which came from her childhood, or other songs, even from beyond, far back, beyond her childhood, uh, she knew so many songs and, and performed them in particular settings. And this is an example of one of those songs. I dreamt I dwelt in marble halls so it's also known as the gypsy girl's dream and it came from the bohemian girl dating from 1843 written by Michael William Balfe and the lyrics by a man called Alfred Bunn but the person who introduced uh, that song to Sinead's repertoire and sang it with her is also on the line Brian Kennedy Brian good morning Oh, good morning, Pat. I'm so sorry it's not happier times that we're, we're talking this morning. God, you know, I haven't heard that recording for such a long time. We did it for a, a BBC series. And, you know, I remember just when we sent out requests to people saying, hey, would you fancy doing a song together? And we look at the history of the song and where it came from. Sinead was the first person to say, absolutely, yes. And I love that song. And then she went on to tell me, in fact, that that song was one that she used to warm up with before a concert because it's such a, you know, it's such an extraordinary, unusual melody. And so that's why she said yes, because it was a song from her childhood. Um, your encounters with Sinead over the years, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you met her in all her different personas. <laughs> I did. I mean, that one that really stands out, Pat, is there was an end of RTE Christmas party thing and there was a big marquee at the back. You probably remember it. I'm sure mm. you were there. And so there was a load of us kind of standing around a dance floor. The DJ was doing their best, but nobody was dancing. 
And so there was me, picture this if you can, me, Sinead O'Connor, and Daniel O'Donnell, all standing there, the three of us. And Sinead just looks at me, she goes, will we dance? I'm like, ah, yeah, come on. And let's just say she had, you know, something else going on. And the three of us, me, her, and Daniel took to the floor. (laughs) And the three of us kind of throwing around each other. Then slowly but surely, other people joined us. And, you know, she was such a laugh, even backstage at some of the award shows. Her and I would kind of very boldly say, we'd be looking around the room thinking, well, would you snog him? Which which fellow would you snog here now? Who do you think is gorgeous and all of that we'd have such a laugh about that kind of thing and i think that that's one of the things that maybe people didn't know about her that she was so funny and yeah. so frivolous and so light-hearted sometimes now in a parallel universe brian she might have represented us in eurovision Oh, wouldn't that have been something? I remember there was a rumour about that, you know. Um, With the right song, Pat, we can only dream. We can only live and dream. But that voice, you know, I mean, certainly what we do have is a history of sending what we consider the best voice of the time because it's the Eurovision Song Contest. So that would have been something to behold, I think, if it ever could have Mm. happened. Yeah, and it's the mischief in, uh, you know, her responses sometimes. She she tweeted, always wondered why they've never sent me to sing the Eurovision song for Ireland. Why send a (laughs) child to do a man's job like? I'd have blown them all off the stage. Exactly. And I just love that about her. You know, she just wasn't afraid to comment. I do remember that she just suddenly came on. There was a whole thing about the trans movement going on. And she said, look, I've a load of makeup that people keep sending me that I, I don't really wear it anymore. And it's brand new and it's expensive. If anybody wants it, just come and it'll be in the garden in a plastic bag. You know, she was just so funny about that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, it is um, so sad that she has left us so young. So young. I mean, Sinead and I are exactly the same age. And and also when I I have a lovely photograph of us together, kind of having a hug and and she, her head exactly came right up to my chest. And she said, we could do a musical, you know, because we're the right height, you know, for the lovely duet uh, in the middle of the show. My head is right the same height as your chest. And she was always thinking about those kind of things and having a laugh about it. But imagine the things she would have gone on to record. I'm so sad, but I'm so treasuring. I have everything she's ever recorded. And like I say, like you played there I've uh, even a recording that we did together so I I feel very very privileged what a treasure to have because that is the duet with you and her Um, you took the opening verse and then we we joined the song with uh, Sinead's leading of the second verse and it's a song I've known from my childhood and I've always loved it oh right yes exactly and so I suppose people can find it online and stuff but yeah I mean she wasn't afraid of anything she would as you say she would sing something with a reggae beat with something with a dance beat to it something that was really old and Irish, something modern, something angry. I mean, you know, I, I remember hearing her sing, I mean, many times I saw her live and just the power in her voice, you know, for such a tiny diminutive person, my God, I, I think I described her earlier as a, you know, a lioness and a lamb in the same breath, you know, you just never knew what you were going to get. Well, Brian, thank you very much for joining us on this sad morning. Uh, Brian Kennedy and uh, Phil Coulter, thank you also for uh, joining us. Some of the comments coming in. It was very beautiful to see hip-hop and rap luminaries from the 80s and 90s professing their love and admiration for Sinead on social media. All these years, they've never forgotten her boycott of the Grammys in 1991, calling for equal levels of recognition for black music and black musicians. It did not and does not go unnoticed that Black Lives Matter was an obvious truth for telling to her decades before it was a hashtag. There seems to be a real awareness across generations of hip-hop fans of her solidarity and bravery. 
And a final one for the moment. I heard earlier someone commenting in meeting Sinead O'Connor in Bewley's in Westmoreland Street. My mum and I also met her there on a beautiful summer's eve. We asked Sinead for her autograph for my daughter Sarah and Sinead was just so lovely to mum and I. Mum has sadly passed away but remembering that brief meeting with Sinead has brought back a lovely day with mum. R.I.P. Sinead.
course, will be the epitaph for Sinead O'Connor. Nothing compares to you. There will be more tributes on News Talk to Sinead throughout the day. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.